0: Welcome back to Sew so Organised Style Podcast. I'm Maria Harris or Veloso's. Today is Sew so Over 50 Thursday. Sew so Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognizes the continuing connection to lands, waters, and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present, and emerging. A big sponsor shout-out goes to our two podcast friends and sponsors. The Australian Sewing Guild, who has been our Monday Daily Series regular, is now a sponsor of Sew Organised Style Podcast. Go to oso.org to check out the online workshops, sew-alongs, skills library and more. Our second sponsor is Tatiana's School of Couture, as she launches it online. Go to her website to see her new online sewing classes and patterns. I'm really honoured to have been given the time today with our special guest, Kerry Cunningham. Hi Kerry, how are you?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: Fine, thanks. (laughs) I'm really pleased that you were able to make it today and really honoured that you've given us your time for of the Nice Style podcast. When I was doing some research about you, You've been sewing since you were 11.
1: Yes, a preteen.
0: <laughs> what made you decide to pick up some fabric and sew? What happened at that time?
1: So that year I was in sixth grade and we were supposed to learn to sew that year. So I had all my materials. My mom gave bought all my, everything I needed. And of course we were using the school machine, but we had this written packet that we had to complete before we could use the machine. And it's really a lot of things that I use today is, you know, how to take care of the machine, those industrial machines, how to take them apart, put them back together, all that stuff. But my handwriting was very slow, and I didn't finish the packet until the last day of school. So they never let me use the machine. So I was kind of the neighborhood babysitter. You know, babysitters don't cry. And Mm. I came home, and I was sobbing all the way down the street. The whole neighborhood was in arms, like, what happened to her? What's wrong with her? (laughs) And my mom came out and maybe she goes, what's wrong? And I'm like, they wouldn't
0: let me use the machine. <laughs> That's devastating. Come on for an 11-year-old.
1: It was. I was quite devastated. And it was
0: my last class
1: of the day. So that was that last class was supposed to be the intro to the machine. And other girls had started this one before because they were further along and in this packet or they finished it before I did. I think it was like 13 pages of this thing. So anyway, I never noticed in my great aunt's house around the corner, I had never noticed a sewing machine. And I don't know if it was in the living room or dining room, but it was there. I I never noticed it. My mom said, go around the corner, you know, and use the machine over there. Well, (laughs) my great aunt was blind, so she couldn't help me. I was truly (laughs) self-taught.
0: You were.
1: Yeah, well, because I had gone through that packet, I knew how to thread it. (laughs) I I knew how to do the mop, I knew all that stuff. (laughs) But yeah, so I got through. And what I say about that summer is that I, it was a treadle machine. So, what yeah. I say about the summer is that I peddled my entire summer away. <laughs> and I made quite a few things that really gives you all the basics. I made a gathered skirt with a zipper and buttonhole, waistband in the back. And I made a button front shirt with a collar and cuffs, buttons. And I made an apron that was gathered with pockets and a tie string. I tell people that I know I made a fourth item, and I can never remember what that fourth item was.
0: But yeah, I sold my summer away that year. So that was 11-year-old Carrie. Yeah. My
1: mom had watched her mom sew, who was deceased by then. Because she had watched her, she was able to help me understand where the sleeve went, where the pieces went together. But she didn't sew. So yeah, self-taught.
0: <laughs> Definitely. I'm really impressed by 11-year-old Carrie as much as I am with you right now. Thank you. are welcome.
1: <laughs> so by the time I got to high school, my high school uh, dressmaking teacher was thrilled that she had one girl in the class who could sew. And I went to high school a year early because I'd skipped a grade. So I was this young kid, you know, in this class. And she sent me to the tailoring class downstairs once a week, which I hated. I, I would show back up in class on the wrong day. And she was, no, downstairs. But I hated it because mm-hmm. I was the youngest. I was the only girl. It was a lot of handwork, and I didn't like it. But I learned so much.
0: All that handwork now I've realized you're using couture sewing. It's like, oh, I can't believe it. Because I'm not into hand yeah. sewing either.
1: I learned it, but I never really used it. I use it when I need it.
0: Yes. Yeah. But I don't use tailoring. <laughs> you do so much. I've been watching the philanthropy work that you've been doing. It's a lot. So the main things
1: um, that I do is the food pantry at my church. And I've been doing that about six or seven years now. And I don't even know how I was introduced to it. I think I showed up at church on the wrong day looking for something else (laughs) (laughs) and got kind of hooked into it. But I really love it. I mean, we see before COVID-19, we fed about anywhere from 40 to 60 families. And then once we had the shelter in place, we started doing it outside, which meant the clients didn't come in and pick their own food. We now went in ourselves and packed boxes for them. Mm. And the really miraculous thing, and I call it a miracle, is that the first week we had, I think, 43 families, and we packed 43 boxes. And then the next week, we packed 48 boxes, and we had 48 families. Well, now our goal is somewhere between 90 to 100. And every week, No matter how many boxes we have, that's how many cars pull up. That's how many families we feed. It just keeps happening over and over and over again. There's nothing left over. It's pretty awesome.
0: The videos that you've been putting up of all the donations is a real eye-opener. Yes,
1: there's a lot of food. The food that we have now, some of the categories, say, for instance, the dairy product, we may not have as much as we were used to having. And then the really nice thing is that Walmart, which is right across the street from our church, had never donated to us because I think they were mandated to donate to the greater food depository in Chicago. Right. And so they had never donated to us. And since we started doing this outside food donation or food pantry, they give us cases and cases and cases of milk and eggs every single week. They deliver it to us, and they come back and pick up, pick up the empty crates, and they do it all over, and they've never missed a week since we started. And I think this is week 18 coming up. Maybe not 18. Maybe week 14 or 15 coming up. But they've never missed.
0: That's a great commitment.
1: Yeah. So it's about maybe 20-ish volunteers. Right now we have less because we only have about seven inside and about seven outside. And, you know, we wear our masks and our gloves and we maintain our distance as best we can. And it's really nice to see the volunteers keep coming every week. And these are the same ones that that I've been with since the beginning. They just keep coming when they can't make it. They tell us, but most of the time they're always there.
0: It's beautiful.
1: I love it. I love it.
0: And the community must appreciate it so much
1: they do they do because yeah. we have a lot of you know now we're this you know over 190 to 100 people so there's a lot of new faces yeah. and a lot of them are from you know right in the area and some are a little further come a little further out but mm-hmm. it's pretty wonderful And then we have, you know, people that, you know, over the years, you get to know them and their dietary needs or their health restrictions or their home life. And I kind of look for those people, make sure they're okay. And a couple of them, if I don't see them in a few weeks, I give them a call, check on them. But so far, everybody's been good.
0: Oh, good. That's really good to hear.
1: It's a lot of work.
0: (laughs) Well, it's every week. And you just said, what, 14 to 18 weeks of this full-on double the amount of people
1: it's kind of funny because it's every Thursday morning. Deliveries start coming in on Friday. But every Thursday morning is when we're there. And what's funny is that I wear my Fitbit. And I'm there from about 9-ish till we're, we're done around noon, mm-hmm. 30, 1230, 1 o'clock. And I get over half of my steps in just in that time frame. <laughs> Good on you.
0: <laughs> so I get about
1: or 5,000 steps in those things. <laughs> I always laugh about it.
0: <laughs> That's where you get your incidental, what do they call it, incidental activity.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Accidental, incidental. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then the other thing that you do that I really love, you sew for children and orphans in Africa.
1: Yes. So that organization is Little Dresses for Africa, Mm. and they are based in Michigan, actually.
0: So how far is that from where you live? That is probably, I think
1: I figured it out once. It's about maybe three, three and a half hours away, so not far, considering it's an organization. But I started making dresses for them in, I think, 2014, and it was through the American Sewing Guild. So they said, oh, you know, this week, let's do this. And I thought, oh, okay, I can make some dresses. So I bought the fabric, and I probably made like six dresses, and I took them in, and other people made one. And I'm like, oh, okay, I went a little over. <laughs> but they shipped them out, and it helped me then to understand what this was about, because I did my research, and I had never heard of them before, but once I did the research, I'm like, oh, let me make these dresses. And then I kind of got away from it, and not too long after that, I did a class for sewing at my church. And one of the things I said to my pastor then, oh, this was in 2012 or 13, I said mm-hmm. to him, "What? day I'd like to bring these ladies back that I'm teaching the soul and have them make something to donate. And mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking these dresses, I was just thinking something. Well, January 2018, we did so much talent, did the- um, yep. So it's the year that she, that she, meaning Alethea, it's the year that she did the meet and greet across the system when she reached 10,000 members. So that year, I went about an hour and a half away to Rockford, Illinois, and I joined the ladies out there as part of our gathering. And I taught them how to make this dress. When I was on my way home, my heart was full. It was just full. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I need to do this. I never did this. I need to do this now. So that was January that year. I approached my pastor, I think, in February. And by April, I had a little organization of ladies. And Mm -hmm. the very first day, 18 people showed up. So my core group is around 12 to 15 ladies that consistently show up. But, you know, the first day they made, like, I don't know, maybe 20 dresses. (laughs) And then after that, it just kept growing and growing and growing. So since April of last year, we've shipped out a little over 200 dresses. And we only meet once a month. Some ladies were learning how to sew, and some ladies hadn't sewn in years. I had one lady come, was 92 years old, and she had never made a dress. And she sat that night, and she made one dress, and she was ecstatic. And she comes, and she donates fabric. And that's the awesome thing about this, is once we started talking about this, just gearing up for her, we got so many donations. We were just, the whole church was just, the whole church staff was just blown away. By what was coming in and people would walk up to me and give me $20 and one lady asked me where was I buying my fabric from and I said well you know I can get it from here and there she goes nope here's the money go get it from there <laughs> even the men have gotten involved they'll come and say things like oh you know I can buy and I can pick up for you and I can do this for you it's pretty it's pretty awesome the small ministry has kind of reached the entire church
0: it has and it's yeah. ongoing as well now
1: yes yes <laughs> Because even we, we met that April and that December we took off because it was third Tuesdays we were meeting and that third Tuesday was Christmas. I said, okay, we'll just we'll just take that month off for December. Well, over the Christmas holidays, the ladies made about 30 dresses. <laughs> they
0: never stop sewing. They <laughs> just keep giving and it's wonderful. Yeah. And
1: I've seen skills improve.
0: Yeah. You know, from you know
1: I've, and I've seen confidence improve in them. And I've seen, you know, just hearts growing when they when they realize the dresses are going and and a lot of them don't, you know, they're not on Facebook and social media, so I'll email them once a month and send them some pictures from the organization when they're delivered. But yeah, little dresses for Africa.org.
0: speaking of social media and being online, so over fifty, how did you come across that group? There's a
1: photo that caught my attention. And I'm not a person who kind of goes through the photos. I actually read the post. (laughs) So I saw the photo, and I don't remember which one it was. And I read it, and I thought, oh, this sounds good. It's kind of funny because one time my church started a something 50 group, and I go, I'm not an old lady. I'm not joining (laughs) that. But one of the things that I noticed about sewing is that there is a large, older community who sews and sews well and designs and create patterns and do all these creative things, then knit and all sorts of things. Yeah. And so I noticed that because I had actually left sewing for a few years for family reasons. And when I came back, I was kind of like, the whole thing was a culture shock for me. Like the machines had changed and this had changed. And that was one of the first things I noticed was that there was people my age who were still sewing or were starting to sew. So that's what caught my attention, was not just the age group, but the photos that I saw. Because the photos were starting to come in, even though Judith said I was the second person to join the group. (laughs) All I did was I went back and tagged some of my
0: photos. (laughs) But that's as simple as it gets to start off. Yes.
1: (laughs) I thought, well, I'm not sewing that fast. I'm sewing for other people, and I'm doing all this other stuff right now, so if I make something and wait to tag something that I'm making, it'd be like one a month or something. I'm like, Oh, let me tag a few and then I'll pick up when I can.
0: (laughs) That's great. You do so much for the community. that This is one of those things that you actually did for you.
1: Yes. Yes. I really, I really, really enjoy being, enjoy being part of the group. I really do.
0: What have you found that it's given to you?
1: So it's kind of given me like a sense of community for sure, because you know, these are women that are my age and a little bit younger and some older. And But it is a community of women, not just teenagers and preteens and, you know, kids and and not necessarily 70s or 80s because they're in the group too. Yeah. They're part of the group too. Uh, for me, it was a sense of community, sense of caring and a sense of being supported. That was really important to me and that's still important to me. And that's why I try to support as much as I can, you know, offer encouragement to people because that's what I was getting back.
0: You do that in your life anyway. So it's really great to hear that you are able to get that from the server 50 group as well.
1: I feel like I get a lot from them. I love it. I really love it. Of course I love all the fabrics and the outfits, but. <laughs>
0: it's, exactly. And you do a lot of work with your own business it's got a lot of really lovely pieces that you do with the anchor fabric as well.
1: Uh, thank you. It's a fun fabric to sew with. I love the bright colors. and I literally love, a little bit of a nerd here, but I love seeing the fabric go across the machine.
0: <laughs> I agree.
1: And, <laughs> <laughs> of course, coming together in the finished garment, that's when I really get excited at the end. You can start to see it, and when I can finally either try it on them or try it on me or try it on my dress form. It's like, oh, look, look what I did.
0: (laughs) In your own life, people are benefiting from the skills that you have learned because you run workshops. Yeah.
1: So I have the online classes. When I was younger, even when I was in my 20s, you know, people say, you should teach, you should teach. But nobody ever said, teach what? They just thought, oh, you should be a teacher. I didn't see it because I was so young I couldn't see it. And then once I started doing one-on-one and group sewing classes, I saw it. It was like the light bulb came on after all those years. So I started <laughs> teaching around 2007 or so, about the same time I came back to sewing. Cause I picked it up quickly. It was truly like riding a bike. I just had to figure out what these new machines did differently from what I was used to. And then of course I traded in machines and got the newer machines. In. But yeah, so my first sewing class was that class that I mentioned at church. It was my very first class. I've done some classes for dealers, nothing long-term.
0: And it's really great to hear that you're actually doing sign classes online as well and that you have been.
1: Yeah, there's a series of six classes that I have. And uh, just yesterday I was thinking, you know, what can I do next with online classes? I do love it. And I teach all ages. I teach kids from as young as seven, although I did have one three-year-old little boy. He's somewhere on Instagram in there. I just taught him really how to use the machine. I didn't really teach him how to make anything. He thought he made a bag, but he really
0: didn't. But he did well. He didn't um, hurt himself on the machine. <laughs> I was kind of the last-minute
1: babysitter for him, and I thought, what am I going to do with this little boy? <laughs> <laughs> I'll put him on the sewing machine. <laughs> well done. But, yeah, I teach from age seven, and I, I taught three generations. The grandmother, the mom, and the daughter all in class, and that was a pretty awesome experience. And I think grandma was close to, she was in her 70s, late 70s, so yeah.
0: That would have been a great memory for them too.
1: Yeah. I do say sometimes that I've, that I've kind of become this kind of generational teacher. Well, i teach the parents. Some of the parents that i taught at that first class at my church, I've taught their kids how to sew. And then I have other people who have come in, I've taught them, and they say, oh, can you teach my kids? So I kind of laugh and say, oh, I think I'm a little bit of a generational teacher here. I think you've got something there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should promote it that way, right?
0: <laughs> yep. Why not? <laughs> we'll have to think of something.
1: Yeah. Multi-generational sewing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well done. Oh, fun. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So tell me about what else you do, Carrie, because there's so much that we haven't touched on. I don't do a lot of handwork.
1: I don't do knitting and crocheting, and I don't have the patience to sit still that long. But I do machine embroidery. So I use a single needle machine for that. And I am part of a Facebook group and friends with the owner, Greenville Wilcoxon from Embroidery Garden. And she creates a lot of in-the-hoop designs, which means you get a 3D item. So some of the bags that you see me post, the smaller bags and the kind of cosmetic size type bags, Those are off of that machine, and that's from her designs. So I really like doing that, and that group is one of the largest Facebook groups, and I'm one of the admins for that group. So that, between that group and my group and other stuff, Mm -hmm. it keeps me a little bit. You are busy. (laughs) Yeah, and so now as of last year, 2019, I became one of her educators. So I was doing some traveling, of course, until COVID, but I was doing some traveling for her as well, and and teaching across the country. Uh, and my Minerva.com. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, we're both on that. I have a couple garments in the works, and I think I'm just going to post them and tag them until we can figure out what else we're going to do with that. But, yeah, those will be coming up really soon. Actually, I just cleared my table to cut one.
0: <laughs> well done. Yeah, I think I've so, got yeah. one more to go.
1: Yeah, I think one is a duster. One I'm going to cut first is a duster, and then the other one,
0: Maybe might be a wrap
1: dress. We'll see.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our listeners we'll will see. have to wait and find out. Yes,
1: yes, let's find out. <laughs> but I'm excited about that project as well.
0: I'm always excited when I have a Minerva piece to do because it's just whatever you want and you just go for it.
1: Yes, yes, yes. It's not custom. You're not doing it for somebody else. You're just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for fun and
0: yeah. Yep. And it's, it's
1: a, nice that you get to, you pick your own fabric, so it's really nice. Yeah. It's fun.
0: You create your own joy. Thank you to Minerva. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Minerva. <laughs> As an educator of many generations of sewers, what advice would you give to someone on their sewing journey?
1: The only thing I would say to people is keep sewing. If you're afraid to start, just start. Just get on the machine and sew a couple stitches and Get some scrap fabric and, you know, test out the stitches on the machine. See what the machine can do and what you can do. And just take it from there. And don't be afraid. No fear. For those, those garments that I made at 11, I didn't know to be afraid of zippers and buttonholes and buttons and, you know, gathers and mm-hmm. darts and all this stuff. I didn't know that. I just did it. That's what I would say. You know, give it a try. It's not for everybody. We know that. But yeah. if you give it a try. You might surprise yourself. Get some help. Take some classes. Take my classes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> take Carrie's classes. That's right, Carrie, <laughs> Thank you again for giving us your time on So Organized Style podcast. I'm really pleased that I've actually been able to meet you face to face now because I've been following you yeah. for a while on So Much Talent. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you, listeners, for letting us join you in your sewing room today.